Welcome to PB&J Connection. This will not be televised podcast. Thanks for checking us out. I'm PB. And I'm Jay. Our health-related discussions will convey educational information about medical research, studies, facts, findings, and experiences of people from every walk of life. Concepts will be simple and easy to understand. We've got you covered. And we promise to not be boring. So let's dive into the world of health you won't find on your television. Welcome listeners to PBJ Connection. This will not be televised. Today Pam and I are going to be talking about the advantages and disadvantages of disconnecting and all that jazz and uh, what's what's going on with people um, who are maybe addicted to things or um, in a routine for things like uh, phones and social media and work, all that stuff. But we're going to start today with the trivia question. And the trivia question is, what in the heck started someone to invent the can opener? And so Pam's going to answer that at the end of our podcast today. But for now, Pam's going to start us out in talking about unplugging. Take it away, Pam. Hey, listener, this is PB calling in from uh, NC, North Carolina, USA. You know, it's funny. We always find ourselves either on virtually or, or connected to someone, connected to our phones, connected to the television, on our computers, on the internet. You know, people who work remotely find ourselves in a society surrounded by technology. AI is in our systems that they're dictating what we see, what we hear, and, and actually how it's monitoring how long we're doing all of this. And so when you look at all this, you say, wow, you know, as most of us know, there are some people who, and I'm not going to say everybody, but there are some people who, who are so connected to their cell phones that they can't even go out to dinner, like with somebody significant or without having that cell phone nearby. They can't go to the access. Pam, they can't even go to the bathroom, some people. I'm just <laughs> saying <laughs> You're, you are so right, Jay. Like, they they are so that important that they have to have their cell phone uh, with them at all times. And, or, or people take baths and showers. They take their cell phones with them in the bathroom in the shower. Like, if somebody, you think I'm going to stop my shower to answer a phone, you go wait till I get out. <laughs> I mean, that's just my general attitude. Unfortunately... You know, even, for, let's say fortune, let's do the pros first. You know, the cell phone, the smartphones that have been out here are, they, they do have a lot of pros, you know, accessibility in case of an emergency, it's convenient, it's there for you, it, it provides a array of information if you need to access information. You know, mobile devices and phones um, have allowed us to to basically stay connected with people that we may not necessarily connect with. But at the same time, and it has a learning platform too, because there's a lot of things that you can find on smartphones. You know, there's educational apps, there's web browsers, there's access to all types of information. Um, It it helps students to engage. in, in communities, of course, what would we ever do without our GPS, you know? I, I have <laughs> to nobody... say, that's the, that's a pretty big deal, that GPS, because you remember that's all of the, the Garmin's and the other uh, brands of 
they were standalone things that you would get those suction cups and uh, put them on your windshield. Remember that? I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember those, but it was like, and, and they were functional and they worked uh, uh, until they didn't. <laughs> Until they didn't, they they take you down a road, and then you find out when at the end of the road that it's actually a dead end. It's like, oh, okay, you don't have updates for this, do you? So right, it's that old. Hey, did you update the software before you went right. on your trip? Yeah. Right, exactly. And you know, and so all these things have been great because you know, in the case of a, a, an emergency or you were in a car accident or you were somewhere where you actually needed help. You have your cell phone there. It's a safety tool, and it's good for those types of things. But unfortunately, you know, it has its drawbacks, you know, being over-reliant on, on the cell phone and having that dependency. Constant, they found out, and, and this has been multiple studies that have been done, you know, everything from Harvard to, you know, science medicine as well as psychology today, is that there are actually certain conditions that are, have been developed over time having that over-reliance and dependency on those cell phones as well as it's a distraction mechanism and it reduces our attention span. So, you know, when you frequently use phone notifications and you're multi tasking on a situation, you know, and I've seen people do this, be on a a Zoom call and all of a sudden they get a text, right? Or, and they get a ding. And you may not hear the ding, but you see them pick up their phone. So they're now no longer engaged into the conversation that they're having. They're now, there is that, that distraction to check with the status to see what it is. And, and if it's that important or if it's that emergency, people will call you. <laughs> you know, they won't send you a text message. But then you have to also think about the device itself. And this is cell phones, computers, and television. They all have this blue light, right? And this blue light technology actually disrupts the, your sleep. So the longer that you're on it, trust and believe you're getting all this blue light in. And what it's doing is altering the melatonin in your natural melatonin and it's actually turning it on and off. So it actually turns it off. Like late in the evening, if you are connected to your computer or your cell phone, or even watching television late at night, what happens is that blue light comes into your eyes and it automatically tells your brain, shut down the melatonin because it's daylight. And so people find themselves having sleep disorder and, and that's a whole different thing. And then, of course, like I said, these studies are so numerous, it's unbelievable. And then there's the physical health. You know, they found it that people who have extended phone use, it can lead to problems um, like text neck syndrome, which I had never heard of before. <laughs> I saw that in the news the other day. Yeah, and it's a true thing. And yeah. that's what happens because you're bending downward, your head is tilting downward, and you're spending concentrated time in that one position and where the head is not moving, there's no movement in the neck, and so they end up having tech neck syndrome, and they actually end up having problems in their neck. And then there's what they call repetitive strain injury, where that too is a problem in the neck. So there are any prolonged use or improper use, because we should be 
and that, and that's why this thing with elevating your computer up higher, you know, yeah, or the whole ergonomic a, approach, yeah, yeah, the whole ergonomic approach is because people are actually suffering. And the thing is, is these elements, physical elements, are not quick fix. It takes time. But if you're using your phone and you're still doing all the things that you were doing before, guess what? You're going to have problems, and it could be the improper use of your phone. You know, people look down on their phone, and if you put it up, you don't have that, that put it up towards, you know, move your cell phone. But who does that? Who looks at their phone holding it up towards their face, you know? Only when they're see, driving do you see that. That's <laughs> I'm just saying. This is true. But most people will hold it down and look down. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just a thing, and it's, it, it's, it's, I don't know how this is going to, you know, how this is going to resolve itself unless people become aware. And that's why it's important for us to have this conversation today, to be aware of how you're using your phone and what it's actually, the damage that it's actually doing to you. And it's not just your phone, it's your computer as well. So the other thing is privacy concern. And, and we all know, all our listeners know, Jay is Jay is like she's the uh, the uh, silver Snoop Dogg of um, privacy. Right? She well. can she can look at something and see that's not right. This is you know I'm not going to go on this site you know because she understands the you know how people become susceptible to hacking and, and data theft and unauthorized surveillance. So Pam right. is being Pam is being very nice. The problem is I have, I have trust issues and, and, and that drives me to question many things that I see. And so she's being very nice and, and very diplomatic in how she describes me. But um, that, that is part of you know, my DNA is I have trust issues and therefore I question everything. So. Thank God she does. Thank, the, thank God she does. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so you have to look at the devices, and and then you go on and you look at social media itself. Um, the social media is 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 crazy because of the fact that they found out, and these have been you know, you can go on Google, you will find thousands of research articles, um, and I, I'm just pulling some information from some of them. There's association between social media and depression among U.S. young adults, okay? And the, this is a new one that came out. Um, it was uh, the uh, contributors were, uh, it was published in Depressed Anxiety. And so the study found that there's a strong association between the total time spent on social media and increased risk of depression among young adults. This increased exposure to idolized images and lifestyles can lead to feelings of inadequacy and social comparison, potentially contributing to depressive symptoms. There's a need to to get a better understanding of this. However, I mean, the articles are so numerous, it's, it's ridiculous. Another article came out, um, and it, it said, despite the primary function of social media being connected, high levels of social media were strongly associated with increased feelings of social isolation among young adults. So, how, and, and I've got a, I just saw an article yesterday of another influencer 
had uh, died by suicide. And I think that's the third so-called influencer that I've seen that had died by suicide within the past three months. And so these people who are, are doing this on social media, they're being the influencers, they are obviously having some issues themselves that they're dealing with. Um, and you have to wonder, well, geez, if they're having problems, I have to believe that whoever's consuming whatever they're putting out is probably also having some issues. So this, this information that I'm, I'm reading now um, is came from the American Journal of Preventive Medicine. And they said these isolation feelings uh, that I just talked about are can be acerbated by the interaction that one feels of being excluded because there's a, a feeling or, or they have no meaningful in-person social interaction. You know, it's one thing these people are, we talk about, we're not talking about young people, I'm talking about adults now, you know, because of the fact that it's like, you know, fortunately schools are back up since COVID and, and there's some social interaction among young people. But when you're talking about young, uh, older adults, and there's no in-person uh, interactions that they're having with, with other people, then it becomes, you know, they feel isolated. And that isolation, it just creates a whole different world of, of feeling like you're missing out on something, missing out on your life, you know, and it causes depression. And, you know, Pam, we talked about this, uh, I don't know if it was the last podcast or one before, but we were talking about the, um, the older women who were getting scammed by the, yes. the younger ones because they were so, they felt so alone and they felt like nobody right. loved them. And <clears throat> I have to believe that that's probably some of the isolation that you're talking about and the, you know, I'm, I'm removed from everything and this person is paying attention to me and, and that turns into a scam and, you know, people losing their life savings. Absolutely. Jay, good point. Yeah, so that, that overuse or dependency on the social media could have a profound effect on, on people's psychological effect. You know, just from increased feelings of that depression as well as to the social isolation that you talked about. That You know, the, the type of, of content and the frequency, now this is a takeaway from all these articles, is that the type of content that's being that you're reviewing or strolling or, or trolling and the frequency of the engagement could create, it could actually have an interplay on someone who already has a mental health condition. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah that's, that's something that is not talked about very often too, Pam is, uh, you know, everyone I think makes the assumption that everybody who is looking at social media, who's looking at the internet, they're all very well adjusted, you know, no problems, right. no issues. <laughs> but yeah, th that's a really good point. Yeah. So we don't know. Um, so just delivering, you know, looking at the research, looking at the information, it makes me take a different lens on my own life and, and the way that I use social media. I usually have a disconnect day or an unplugged day during my week where I, I put the phone in the drawer and, you know, everybody knows, okay, this is not the time. And sometimes it's like join this podcast. <laughs> I have to turn off everything and, and just unplug, you know, TV, everything else. But, um, you know, that dependency, 
is actually now they have actually put it, uh, have identified it as a clinical addiction. So, you know, it, and they call it the dependency syndrome. Um, and so it, it has, it, it masks itself when there's deeper mental health issues, it masks un underlying health issues, like people who feel um, they're not enough, people who, who feel like um, I, I, you know, I don't have any friends, but they have that social media. And people who suffer from stress and anxiety, they use it as a pacifier, you know, because when they feel, have those feelings of stress and anxiety, we all have a heart race, you know, your heart beats faster, your brain starts working faster, you know, your pulse is increasing, your, your palms could become sweaty. People will pick up the cell phone to calm that nerve and will stay on it for hours and hours and hours. And it's almost like they're using it for a pacifier because they can't face the struggles that their body is, your body is designed to go through that. It's a protection mechanism. If you're not using that protective method use, uh, and, and use your cell phone as for its purpose, it's hard to have the emotional maturity, I'm going to say that, the emotional maturity to deal with a lot of stress that's, that goes on in the world. That's such a good point, Pam, because when you think about, <clears throat> excuse me, think about people who are so attached to their phone and then they go out in social situations, and they don't know how to act because you're talking to someone face to face. You're not talking, right. you're not, you know, texting somebody or, you know, uh, replying to a blog or just watching a movie or whatever on your phone or your tablet or your um, computer. You're with people and it's like, oh, I, I'm not used to being around people. I don't know how to act. Right. right? right. They have, uh, they're socially awkward. Yeah. I had a, um, and I'm, I'm going to say this, I had a gentleman uh, client this week, and the fact is that he, he tells himself he's an introvert, but he's always on his phone or on his computer. One, is part of his job. Two, he, when he feels stress or anxiety or he takes his lunch break or he just takes a break to go outside, he cannot get away from the phone. When he gets back to his desk, then he has this all his energy is that and he has to try to motivate himself to get back into the of doing his project and that's kind of disturbing to me because i'm going okay so how much are you actually getting done at work because there are some people who got easy jobs and there's some people who have stressful jobs and if you're using something outside externally to calm you but yet at the same time, you cannot use it in an environment that is able to sustain you like work, right? Financially, then you're gonna find yourself in a position, you're gonna go from one job to another to another because people are starting to notice that your work is, you're slacking off. They, they need that fix. It's an addiction, right? Mm -hmm. It's a dependence. It it's a dependency. And so, and when you think about addiction and dependency, you know, most people think about drugs and alcohol, but no, no, there, there are other, other things. There, just like you said, social media. There are things like gambling, right? Um, there are things like porn, pornography. People, you know, are addicted to that. There's all kinds of addictions, and and I think you've hit the nail right on the head with the the social media. 
and having and being so dependent on some kind of a, a device, whether it be a phone or a tablet or a, a PC. Pretty amazing. I know you have some thoughts on. I know you have some thoughts on on unplugging um, for work and and trying to get some relief because if you don't do this for yourself, at least help your loved ones do it to take care of themselves. So, Jay, I'm gonna let you talk about unplugging. So, uh, Pam, you have. This is such a good segue into what I'm going to talk about because it is is almost a mirror of what you just described because it's it's got it's, it's talking about I'm going to be talking about doom scrolling and news addiction as well as uh, what's the benefit of taking a vacation and the results are same uh, both mentally and physically and so as I was going to and oh by the way. Um, you had said earlier, oh yeah, I saw myself in some of this. And I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's, that's me. I need to, I need to knock that off. <laughs> right. So I saw a lot of myself when I was doing the research for this. And I'm like, oh, I, I just need to stop that. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go through what Cleveland Clinic talked about re- relative to doom scrolling. And if whoever has not heard that expression before, it's the habit of taking in a torrent of bad news while scanning social media or surfing the web, right? And so Cleveland Clinic says, if you're depressed, you often look for information that can confirm how you feel, right? It, get, it validates how you're feeling, um, all the bad news, right? Um, they say that doom scrolling can also be a function of obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, if people have heard of that before. Um, in this scenario, your brain continues to loop around on a particular topic similar to endless scrolling. It's not really about finding news, it's about reducing anxiety. And so, similar to what you said, Pam, doom scrolling can reinforce negative thoughts and a negative mindset, something that can greatly impact your mental health. And so it's linked, research has shown that this kind of behavior is, uh, results in greater fear, stress, anxiety, and sadness. And I thought this was interesting. It's got the potential to create what is called crazy making. I've never heard that one before. Crazy making. I think of crazy quilt, right? (laughs) Not crazy quilt, but crazy making. (laughs) So um, Cleveland Clinic says, uh, you might see one set of information from one media outlet but the very next source you scroll by gives completely conflicting information. Your mind doesn't know how to reconcile the information because it's on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Who do you believe? And, you know, I think that's a, a lot of what cause, causes conflict. And so what they said is happening on a biological or physical level is that you're feeding your brain a continual stream of cortisol or the stress hormone and it breaks down and leads to health problems or mental health issues. And that's exactly what you were talking about relative to social media and getting hooked, you know, having that dependency. And so they did come up with some, some remedies uh, about doing that. And they said, limit your behavior and only check the news at a specific time. Um, notice or observe the sensations in your body or your mind's response to the news. When you pay attention consciously to the bad feelings, such as anxiety, agitation, or stress, it's more likely to motivate you to put on the brakes. Yeah, I don't know about that one. (laughs) I don't know know how true that is, but might make you want to research more, depending on what your mindset is at the time. That's my personal opinion there. Um, It says avoid uh, catastrophizing. Catastrophizing? 
Yeah. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Sorry, listeners. I, I'm not pronouncing that correctly, I'm sure. Uh, reel your th- thoughts back and by asking yourself, what's a more realistic or likely outcome to the situation you're reading about? So if you read about, I don't know, let's say a volcano erupting, what's the likelihood of that happening to you where you are at that moment? It's probably not likely. That's it's an crazy. isolated incident. You know, bad things have happened likely, um, but it's probably not going to happen to you. And they say practice thought stopping. Uh, the Cleveland Clinic says when you have difficulty turning off a thought, imagine a red stop sign. So when you pick up your phone, pause for a second and be mindful of what you're doing. If the stop sign doesn't work and you find yourself still engaging in too much scrolling, <laughs> try wearing a rubber band around your wrist. I don't know about that suggestion, but that's what they say. <laughs> well, you're supposed to pop it. Yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, it might depend on <laughs> if how. Will, if that will work for me, because that's temporary. It's like, yeah. ow. Yeah. It also depends on how tight the rubber band is, right? right. <laughs> so how big of a rubber band are we talking about? <laughs> so, um, and here's what you talked about earlier. Set time limits or apps or set alarms on your phone to set boundaries on the time you spend on social media sites. Unhook yourself from your screen by mindful movement. Exercise and deep breaths help to reconnect you with your body and give your mind a rest while exercising your muscles. Exercise has also shown to help pump up your serotonin level and that's the good neurotransmitter that you have in your brain, right? So Kimmel psychology, I thought this is a a doctor, Dr. Kimmel, he said that news is basically anxiety-producing, depressing, mostly useless, as it generally <laughs> has no effect on our lives, and it's repetitive. News shows are designed to tell you on how to think rather than encourage you to form your own opinions. And boy, this is spot on, in my opinion. Um, some, news show, uh, some news shows present their staff as a family in which you want to belong. Right. right. It's like, oh, I want to be a part right. of that. Oh, look, they're having coffee. Until there's, until there's a fallout and then you see who's no longer right. on the air. Yeah, there's some kind of scandal, right, where somebody's right. done something. And, yeah, um, or had, had an affair. Yeah. Right. And it says, this guy, Dr. Kimmel, says research has shown, and you talked about this, um, shown that watching too much coverage of traumatic events can lead to feelings of depression, isolation, and stress. Bingo, bango, bongo. Right. Why do you, and why are people addicted to that? It's like, well, this makes me feel really terrible, but boy, I've got to, I've got to watch it anyway. Right. Right. (laughs) And you have to wonder, am I, I, am I looking at this because it makes me feel better about my own life? (laughs) Yes. Right. Right. And where are the good news stories? Where are the kittens and puppies and rainbows and and unicorns? They're not in the news. Yeah. They're not in the news, yeah. and that's why, I guess that's why we're putting this stuff on, on this is not, will not be televised podcast, because of the fact that you, all the stuff we're sharing with you, you're not going to see this in the news, because of the fact that it's part of the, it's part of the system. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And he got, the, I just have to say one more thing that Dr. Kimmel says, he says, news stories tend to distort reality, they only report snippets or small pieces of news that may be wrong or designed to make you come back for more. And isn't that interesting? Because when you think about 
how they have these lead-ins. And stay tuned, we're getting ready to talk about ABCDEFG. They don't want you to go, they want you to sit there and stay in front of that TV or wherever you you're watching the news. Yeah. <laughs> You have to. Right. And if they don't give you enough information, what do you do? You go to your computer, you go to your phone. I gotta check this out. What are they talking about? Right. I want to find out the details. What street did it happen on? Who was involved? How old was this person? Right, right. (laughs) And so and you and I both were of a certain age where, you know, we had one T V in the house, no computers, no nothing. I mean the one telephone, one T (laughs) V Right. And, you know, tin cans and, we and string. well. Right. And, and, yeah. And we functioned well. Yeah. Yeah, we played outside. Uh, we did a lot right. of stuff outside. We were healthy. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right. So, um, I'm just going to talk about one more thing, uh, and that is taking vacation. So, I thought this was pretty darn interesting. I didn't know this, and I think Pam uh, was pretty up to speed on this, but the United States is the only developed country in the world... Yes, I said in the world, where paid time off is not required, not required. Isn't that a kick in the head? So currently the average American takes off about 10 days per year. Now they didn't specify whether that was 10 days of vacation or three days of medical appointments or, you know, they they didn't specify in this particular um, website. This was a, a website called Global Call Forwarding. I've never heard of it, but they did uh, some interesting research. They said every single country in the European Union, including Sweden, Italy, and France, have at least, listen to this, four mandatory works, four mandatory weeks of paid vacation a year. Workers have no choice but to take vacation for four weeks. That's a month. Four weeks. Oh my golly days. That's wonderful. And it's but their incidents oh I'm sure that it has had an incident on the number of call ins for illness. you know, didn't I don't know. It didn't go into that. but I can assume, you know. Yeah. How many times have have you been on at work and you said, I need a break? Or, you oh, know. Oh, never. Oh, never, Pam. Ever. I, mm-mm. Oh, I am you know, I I'm so dedicated. Oh, no. I love work so or, much that I would never want a vacation or to take a mental health day. Come on. Right. right. It's funny because, you know, this is this was this past week. They weren't sure whether they were going to do the CR yeah. for a continuation of the government. And I know my, my daughter said to me. She said, we're all hoping in her office, she said, we're all hoping that we, you know, that they don't sign a CR on this yep. one. So, cause we need a break. We all need Yes, a break. yeah. There were a lot of people, uh, there were a lot of people, a lot of federal government workers who were, you know, they were just watching the, the TV and the news, hoping that that would not be signed so they'd get some uh, days off. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Just to get that relief. Exactly. Just to get a little relief. But I just want to, so I have to say this, listen to these other countries and how many days that they get off, right? We talked about um, the uh, European Union, they, they get four mandatory weeks of paid vacation a year. New Zealand gets 30 days off. Italy gets 30 days off. Belgium gets 30 days off. France, 31 days off. They also have a 35-hour work week. Since 1999, they've had a 35-hour work week. 
Um, Spain, 34 days off. Germany, 34 days off. Portugal, 35 days off. Austria, 35 days off. Plus they have 13 paid holidays. Boy, oh boy. Um, I think we're in the wrong part of the world. (laughs) I tell you what, uh, France recently introduced new legislation that encourages employees to turn off their work phones and avoid emails during their time off. Legislation. Legislation telling you, hey, turn your phones off. And no no emails while you're off. Wow. What a concept. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... um, the U.S. Travel Association in 2018 said that workers had 768 million days of unused vacation time, with more than 30% of it forfeited completely. That's United States workers, kids. That's not European Union. That's United right. States. So when you think about, oh, no, I need to be dedicated. I, I you know, vaca- No vacation for me. I'm going to give up my vacation. So... These uh, Harvard Business Review in 2023 said research shows that even taking a walk, just a walk, not even a vacation, um, significantly increases creativity. Um, taking a vacation is, uh, gives you a greater opportunity for rest and better sleep, both quantity and quality, which can help unclutter your mind to create more mental space. You know, we're talking about mental health here. Um, we were talking about physical and mental health with the other things that we were talking about relative to unplugging. The University of Pittsburgh's Mind Body Center found that taking vacation increases positive emotions and reduces depression. Hey, let, if nothing else, take a vacation right. so you're not depressed, right? right. I mean, holy right. smokes. Um, relaxing on vacation can reduce the levels of cortisol and epinephrine stress hormones and allow your immune system to recover, making you less prone to get sick. Um, when you take time away from work to go on vacation, assuming you can mostly unplug, there's that word again, this break can allow you to tune out much of the external noise and tune back into your true self. So when you hear about people who go on retreats and they're like solo retreats and they, have you heard about those ones where people don't talk to each other? Yes. Those, those yes. I don't, non-talking those, retreats. That talk retreat. Yeah. Yeah. And then they can, <laughs> people come back and they're like rejuvenated. They've like, you know, come up it, with the... Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. You remember movie Eat, um, what, Love, Eat, and Pray? What is it? Eat, Love, Pray or something eat, like eat, that? Eat, Love, Pray. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't think of Eat, Love, Pray. There was two scenes in there where, the, like, Julia Roberts, one, one woman actually was in a silent mode, so she couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. And she, she had a badge on that says, I can't talk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And she was telling Julia Roberts about how her the muscles in her face relaxed, how she felt so much better, how younger she looked, and she did start back to talking, and she felt found all the benefits of it. I believe to be true. <laughs> I tell you what, I'd be okay with not talking to somebody, anybody, for a week. Anybody. I'd be okay yeah. with that. But you know me, because I'm, you know, I've got the hermit the gene in me somewhere, Pam. Well, so. you know, I think, well, I, I think the thing is, I, it, it depends. I guess it depends on your personality, whether you can do it or not, yeah. you know, because some people, it would drive them completely bonkers. We right? found that during COVID, right? I mean, there's some people who just were sent into a tailspin because of that isolation, because they could not be social. They could not be with their peeps. I mean, they were just just they couldn't handle it 
And, and you and I have talked about some people who are actually, are actually use church. You know, they may not come out and be social during the week, but going to church was their way, that was their, like their social event. Yeah. It was like... <laughs> yeah, even so going to the like, grocery oh. store was a social event. Right. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, it was... Yeah, people... I, rem- I, I think I talked to you. I said, hey, Pam, I went to the grocery store today. I, I was out of the house. You know, for a half hour, I couldn't believe it. It was like a holiday. Yeah, and it's yeah. like people are talking to you in line and, and conversing with people you don't know. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, everybody's yeah. out. We're afraid. No. Yeah. So, you know, I think the takeaway, you know, for unplugging is it's going to be good for your mental health. It's going to be good for your physical health. Um if, if you are addicted in some way to the news, to social media, to having a phone in your hand, take a breath, take a break. Nothing is going to happen that is going to impact you immediately. It's not, it's just like you said, um, I don't need to be in the bathroom and have my phone with me. There's nothing that's going to happen while I'm in the bathroom, in the shower, or even out gardening that if I don't have my phone with me, the world is gonna end. So, listeners, are we ready for the answer to the trivia question about can openers? Okay, so our story starts like in 1795, believe it or not, when Napoleon Bonaparte had offered um, a, a prize if anyone could come up with an idea in which they could give food to the troops and it wouldn't go bad, it would go unspoiled. So, of course, this is where the can became. Um, you know, came into existence using a tin can because that ensured that the food could be sustained over time. And then it was, um, and then it, it kind of evolved. And how did they open up the can during that time? That was the amazing part. They used a hammer and a chisel. <laughs> so they would actually have to take the top of it and just, you know, open it up. It was an iron or, or it was made of iron and tin at that time, and it was patented by King George III. And so, as, as time went on, they had to figure out another way to open up this can other than having, because not everybody is walking around with a, a hammer and a chisel uh, just to open up a can. Um, so there was an invention that came out um, that was put out by this guy, his last name is Israel, and he came up with a can opener um, and it, it didn't have all the jagged edges that it has that that's can openers, you know, it was more of a jagged edge can opener as opposed to, so you would crank it and it would just go around, but it would create these jagged edges. Well, then over time in the 1800s, then they started to, uh, late in the 1800s, the, um, they started making thinner uh, steel cans, can containers. And so as the, as the iron cans were getting away of being replaced by the steel cans, then of course, then we came up with the modern can opener that we have today. Um, and they used it by the U.S. Army. Um, and, and that was where it first kind of during the Civil War. And that's kind of like where all that started. So yeah, yeah. it's been around for a while, but it took 50 years, 50 years from the development of the can to come up with a can opener. Who so knew? Was, Who knew? As, I'm going to say it this way. It was as backwards. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
Listeners, it's been great. Um, again, thank you so much for joining Jay and myself as we talked about being unplugged. We hope you take this information, pass it on, give it to those you love, even those you don't particularly care about, you know, because life life on earth is already a struggle, so we don't have to create more of a struggle than we already have. So until next time, thank you for joining PB and Jay. Until next time, be blessed.